0: everyone. Welcome back to the Bucket List Bitch Podcast. I am your host, Sam Martalewski, and this is episode 9, part 2 to episode 8 of my trip to Spain. If you did not listen to part 1, go check it out. This is the... Huge part of my trip where I visited Sevilla, Spain, which is our first and last stop in our trip to Spain. This episode is going to be all about the middle of our trip and the very, very end of the disaster of the end of the trip to Spain. Maybe a little bit more of a humorous story is going on in this episode, but you don't want to miss last episode where I give you all my recommendations on what to do in Sevilla, Spain, especially as a first time traveler, as well as all my bucket list items that I slayed in this entire trip so yes welcome to part two this episode we're going to be talking all about granada spain which is a different city in andalusia it took a couple hours i think to travel to granada from sevilla at the uh, bus station we did travel through bus which we had no issues with purchase your tickets online ahead of time it's far easier than trying to talk to somebody to figure out where you need to go everything is easily accessible online and they have a great system to travel through. You may have never heard of Granada before. I didn't know it before this trip either, so let's do a little bit of learning. So Granada is a city in the southern Spain's Andalusia region, which is where Sevilla is also in that region. It is in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains, and it's known for examples of medieval architecture. One of the well-known sites to see is the La Alhambra. La Alhambra? I can't ever say it. La Alhambra, hilltop fortress complex, encompassing royal palaces, serene patios, and reflecting pools from the Nastrid dynasty. So, it has gardens as well. So yes, Granada, similar, but different feeling. It's a mountainous town. So there's a high elevation. There's a lot of people, a lot of tourists versus Sevilla, which is a lot more flat. Sevilla is very walkable, while Granada, it's a little bit more effort. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it, but it is gorgeous. It is a beautiful place. Would I ever visit there again? No, (laughs) but that's because I'm out of shape. That's not to say it's not great. It's awesome there. Like I said, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to see, but it's a lot of walking, a lot of moving your ass and it is just not for me i feel like it's one of those places I'm, I'm i saw it once i have great photos but i don't know if i'd see it again but i definitely recommend it i'm not i'm not talking it down it is a beautiful place so let's talk a little bit about our experience in granada spain and yes i'm jumping right into granada because yeah so when we arrived there seemed cool seemed chill we got an Uber or a taxi. I do believe it was an Uber. I don't think they have Lyft there. I think they just have Uber or a taxi. We ended up getting the Uber. He took us to the square of Granada. By the time we got to like the main area of Granada, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. It wasn't like Sevilla where our hotel was right there. We were going to an Airbnb. So it wasn't just going to be like right there on the city square. We had to work for it. And boy, did we ever. But when we got to the square, we didn't know what we were prepared for. Just people everywhere. Cars everywhere. Insanity everywhere. And boy, was it hot. It's hot there in in Granada or in in Spain in general. And we had our luggage and our Airbnb it wasn't until like 2 or 3 p.m. It was probably like noon or one o'clock. So we had some time to spare. And unlike a hotel where you could possibly check in early if you're lucky, that was not the case for this Airbnb. And we had quite a bit of time to spare. That was my bad. That was my bad. I should have not. I should have planned better, but I'm always worried I'm going to be late to something rather than early. So my bad. So we were hungry. We were tired. And we have our huge suitcases. We were hungry, we were tired, we were dehydrated, and we had our huge suitcases that were supposed to leave us, you know, clothed for 10 days on this trip, a 10 day trip. Not in in Granada, just in Spain in general. So we were exhausted, we had a long day of travel already, and we didn't know where we were going. And so we try to find food, we try to find water, we're just kind of chilling. We're getting really hot, it's really busy, and we eventually find this place that was able to store our luggage so we could maybe find our Airbnb because it was finally getting closer to the time. So we eventually found this place that like allowed us to like put our luggage away and then we would come back for it. And it was on the street, which, so where we were, like I said, there's a square. You go keep going down the one road, keep, keep going. And eventually you kind of hit near the Alhambra area. Kind of. Like I said, it's a fortress up on a mountain. So you're not going to be just walking right into the Alhambra, right? You got to get up a a big ass hill to get up to this fortress. But there was like kind of the entry-ish way to the Alhambra and then if you keep going down the road it's like more and more stuff going but like one side is the Alhambra kind of like walls and then you have a mountain on the other side and in between that is the town the town square and then eventually the path gets narrower and narrower and where we were it was like a, a huge row of shops there was like a little bridge the river and then Alhambra like that's that was near the end that was all that was there and buses for the Alhambra, like tour bus, were crowding these was one-way street where people were also walking. There's barely a sidewalk. And at some point, I think the sidewalk just ends. And you essentially have to squeeze your body up against the wall to not get hit. Yes, exactly. What? <laughs> so not expecting that. And we're hot and we're tired and we finally drop off our stuff. There's shops around there, which is also insane, in this tiny little narrow way. We finally get past that. It kind of opens up again. You know, there's a little bit more road. People can walk. It's not really drivable. Once you get past this narrow way and you go the other way, there's cars. But like, after a certain point, there's no more cars, right? It's just mountain and and so we finally find some steps and we think maybe we'll go up these steps and eventually find our airbnb because that's where you know the maps are taking us it takes us probably an hour to find this airbnb it is similar to like greece where it's like homes like on a mountain like there's stairs that are like really old stairs some are barely stairs built for very long time and there's like levels of homes You go up a few stairs, there's a level of homes. Go up a few more stairs, turn around a corner, there's some more homes. There's kind of maybe a street on this one part. Maybe there's, it's only one way. Hard to find anything. You keep going up and up and up different levels. There's stores, there's homes, there's restaurants. It's crazy. How many steps people have to walk? If you know me, I'm not athletic and boy was I on the verge of death. It felt like devil's lake, hiking devil's lake like 10 times worse because I didn't know where the fuck I was going. At le- I shouldn't say 10 times worse because at least it wasn't like it's the steps or death, kind of like Devil's Lake. It's more just like just a lot of steps and there are a lot of fat steps, you know, like long step up, long walk, step up. And it just it was painful. And we had no idea where we're going. The addresses aren't the same in America. Just for a fun fact for you what considers an address. We eventually finally found it, found the code to get in, finally found our apartment, which was down like this narrow set of steps. And we had our Airbnb was a cave. Now, it's just not a hole in the wall cave. It was nice. It was, but it was a cave. So you walk in, creepy ass door, creepy ass hallway. There's like this creepy ass well, like on the side, very as above, so below. You don't know what the fuck's going on there. It's a big cavernous hallway is a cave giving me cave of the mounds vibes you walk in you see like a chair you see some furniture you see a bed and then you see some more furniture and you see a kitchen very small kitchen and then there's like this living room and then the shower and the and the bathroom are very old school the shower was essentially a jail cell it was cool but there's like no windows no light it's very as above so below (laughs) like it's it's very old european it's creepy, but it was cool cuz it was really cool like it was a humongous shower. It was like made of stone all around you and limestone and just like cave. It was super awesome. One in a lifetime experience. You know what I mean? And then the bathroom was a simple bathroom, but it had that same kind of everything was wall was cave. Okay. And a cute little living room It had a TV, It had internet there, like no worries in that sense. Like it was, it was still cool. And then they had this like little outdoor patio and you could see the Alhambra from your patio and like beautiful little string lights out there. It was adorable. I loved that place but it was a little creepy and it was really hard to get to and find but once we did find it we were we were fine but I was literally about to pass out from heat exhaustion Stephen so wonderfully blessed his soul went to go get our luggage and went to go get us food because somehow he still has stamina after walking a million steps in the heat, unlike my fat ass. Um, but he did find us dinner and had some Fanta Naranja that night. And I do believe during, I don't know when we started it, but during that trip, we finally caught up with Only Murders in the Building at the time. We had watched like some of season one, but we like hooked up our Disney Plus and were able to like watch like all of it and I think we also had like the VPN from Spain, so we got a few different things that we wouldn't get normally. So I don't have a VPN anymore, but I did at one time. But yes, yeah, so that was really cool. That was really cool to uh, to just hang out and chill and just relax before the insanity of Granada began. Well, I mean the insanity was already there. The next days were adventures. Two separate days. I do believe the first insanity excursion was paragliding off the Sierra Nevada mountain. I am at the point in the episode where I have moved on to the next day and I have my cat with me. So if you hear purring by some chance, that is what's going on. But let's get back into the story. Paragliding off the Sierra Nevada mountain was probably the most insane thing I've ever done in my life because of the circumstances of it. Like I said before, we actually did this because of an Airbnb experience opportunity. We didn't know if there was such a thing of like a company like when we went skydiving or we hadn't even gone skydiving at this point, but I thought it was similar to like that where it was through a company, they were going to have like all that kind of stuff. That is not what happened at all. It was a guy who was certified on Airbnb experiences. He was like a Canadian or French Canadian or something and him and his friend and another guy who like did all the driving or like something, they were... That was it. That was the part of the whole thing. We got picked up at like the square in Granada and there was two other guys also in the car who were also going paragliding. And yeah, we went to this random ass place, this random ass field. The two guys that were in the car with us who only spoke Spanish, they were the ones to go first. So so the way that it was set up is the two guys in the back were first and so they had to drive up the mountain to get to the spot where they needed to then jump with a parachute but their path was different because of the car that they had because they were the first people there was three guys that were part of this whole paragliding thing and then four of us to then be the paragliders or with them you know in tandem and we had me and steven were heavier chunky americans and We had to wait our turn, we were second after these two other jumpers. So it was um, the main guy and this other guy who spoke barely English. I think he was either French or Spanish. I'm not really sure, but he knew the French-Canadian guy who happened to also speak English. And he spoke English enough because he is from Canada, but the other guy did not very much at all. So we didn't really know what the hell was going to happen with that. And then there was this other guy who was like their driver or something. He was also a paraglider. He was super nice because he was like... He spoke very little English, but he was trying to learn more English, so he really wanted us to like speak with him, but he was also from Spain. So he was super friendly, and we, for a long time, had to wait, just wait out in the middle of nowhere while they um, ended up starting the first jump, and then we had to wait for our turn. And this is, we were literally just sitting in these plastic chairs on like the side of the road. It was so odd just waiting for our turn to jump. Uh, and then it was our turn. We got into the car that we came from and we drove up a mountain. Our path was actually a lot easier because the two other guys, the way where they were, wherever they jumped up on the mountain, they had to walk a bit more up the mountain. So luckily for us, we did not, but we still uh, hike up a little bit up the mountain. So we were driving on a mountain on these very, very winding, terrifying, deep roads. Boy, was that a journey in itself? And of course, I'm nervous already as it is. And then we are like, okay, this is it. We got to go walk up the rest of the mountain. Like I said it wasn't as far, but it was still terrifying. I have a fear of heights, I have a fear of stairs, and I almost fell off the mountain at one point because I was exhausted and There was one of the guys was in the front leading the way and then one was like behind us. So we had to keep up the pace and I just about died. I almost fell literally off the mountain. Not, not even joking. I didn't even paraglided at that point yet. And then we finally got up there to the grassy part of the, wherever we were going to jump and there was like these two other guys and they were like trying to have a conversation and we're just like so exhausted by this point. And then we had to get our gear on and then they showed us how we need to do the jump. So, it's not even a jump. Let me, let me tell you, it's not a jump. So, when you go paragliding, it is not like skydiving. You do not jump. You do not jump because the parachute will not be able to, you know, lift you up like that. That's not how that works. Skydiving, you are jumping downwards and paragliding, you're trying to get up into the sky. Like you're jump, like you're not jumping, you're flying. So you have to run. And so we were hooked up, we were tandem. There was me and this other guy and then Steven went with the French Canadian guy. And we were hooked up like tandem. We were like, he was like my backpack essentially. And we had to run and try to get the parachute up off the ground and fly. And then he would take care of like the steering and all that jazz. So he said I was very good at running, at, at doing that. And we were just gliding and it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, at that point I wasn't nervous anymore because the hard part was pretty much over. Getting up off the ground was the scariest part, but, and then once you're, you're just cruising, it was good. Uh, it was really cool. It's something I'll never forget. Just flying over mountains in the middle of nowhere in Spain is amazing. It was truly incredible and, and once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm not sure if I'll ever do it again. If I have to hike up a mountain, <laughs> that was the worst part for me, but it was it was magical. But then we had to land. Fell on my butt. They tried to get me to, like, stand up and land. That's not happening to my dude. I've never done this before. It's not gonna happen. And I didn't, and we landed on our butts, but... And Stephen landed first and also jumped first, so I got to see what was gonna happen when it was my turn. But yeah, we, we survived Uh, the guy barely spoke any English, so that was really difficult if he needed me to do something. Really, like, tucked my legs in, you know, trying to, like, almost, like, be in a seat. And that's kind of similar to how it is with skydiving. And unfortunately, the guy didn't, like, bring the GoPro like we thought, so we had we paid less so that's that's fine we did get some photos beforehand i'll post those but there was no like video or anything like that but that's fine i got the memory seared in my mind and the experience alone will be unforgettable and once we landed we just you know briefly talked but then the guy had mentioned that he had other people he had to go and take up the mountain it was somebody else's turn now they drove themselves there but He couldn't take us back to Granada because we were kind of like on the outskirts of Granada for the paragliding. And that was unexpected because we thought he was going to take us back as the Airbnb experience post mentioned. Uh, We are tourists in the middle of a foreign country and out in the middle of nowhere. So we didn't really know how we were going to get back. And we ended up having to find our way back to town. That's its own journey. We were walking on the side of the road in Spain. Trying to figure out how to get back. They kind of gave us some directions, but we weren't finding the bus stop that they were mentioning. We also didn't have cash at the time. And we were really freaking out. And we couldn't get service, like cell service. We couldn't get Wi-Fi. I mean, we didn't have cell service because we're in a foreign country. I couldn't get my data to really work. For a long period of time, we were exhausted. There was literally nobody around. We did eventually find, like, this small, like, town uh, to you know see civilization didn't see any buses though people were trying to help us like because steven spoke spanish so he's able to like give us some sort of direction and we just could not figure it out we there was no bus coming and eventually eventually i was able to get a signal and ordered a uber and this guy finally rescued us in the middle of nowhere, Granada. I mean, it wasn't too far out, but it was like enough that he was able to come and get us. Thank Jesus. Um, but that was so its own journey. That's also unique, very much like a foreign country moment. I really didn't know what the hell we were going to do because like it didn't seem like the businesses really were open either. It must have been on a, a Sunday or something. I'm not sure. don't remember. But yeah so and then we got back to Granada we were so like emotionally drained from all that Stephen got like a little sick he needed some Dramamine or something on the way up I was fine I was feeling good but we were you know exhausted because it's hot and we walked quite a bit to this small town from where we were paragliding once we back you know we're back on the solid ground. By the way, we we flew over back right where we came from, with where we were waiting, and were dropped off for the before we went up the mountain again. So we had to walk all the way back to town. And once we got back to the main square from our Uber, we ended up getting dropped off at a Granada. Starbucks because we were just exhausted and just needed a little treat. And then we were able to walk back. It's quite a trek back, like I said, um, to, you know, get back to our Airbnb. But at that point, we were like, just the way it goes, we're gonna have to just accept it. We were able to find like an easier way up than the original time, the very first time we were finding our Airbnb. And we also knew where it was. So we knew if we left the Airbnb, we would be fine because we knew our, the way of the, the town But we were always having trouble finding some place to eat because you had to either trek back all the way down or back up the uh, mountain-ish where the Airbnb and all the apartments are and stuff like houses are. So we really had to figure out what we were going to eat for dinner ahead of time because they also don't have delivery up there because it's where one, we have an American phone number and two, they just don't do that. It's like a one-way road where all these houses are. So yeah, we had to make it make do with what we had but it was it ended up just fine and Granada has a lot of options uh, around the town the next day however was La Alhambra which is its own journey like I said we were really close to the fortress but we didn't know really how to get up there Stephen mentioned I don't think there's buses even though we saw buses but he said it's an easy walk up It was not an easy walk up. It was a very gradually steep, gradually steep um, way up to the mountain. No, I'm, I'm sorry, up to Alhambra, not the mountain. Basically was a mountain at that point, but we did a lot more walking. Some of those like long steps up and then there's another long step up. So I was getting some lunges basically and I basically died about five times going up. It wasn't terrifying because it's just cobblestone path big wide enough for a lot of people but it's hot and there's stairs and I'm out of shape it was a lot we finally got up to the Alhambra and we actually saw a Karen that was interesting I don't know even remember if they spoke sp- I think they spoke Spanish Saw Spanish Karen family with like kids you know with they have kids and they have the audacity to think the world revolves around them but that was I remember that all of a sudden we were like planning to maybe see if we can get some water before we had to go to our tour at the Alhambra, which once you get up there, it's like, it's like own little market and stuff like that. And we found out we were almost going to be late for our tour because I didn't really know what to expect with this. I figured maybe a tour would be good. I don't know. So we finally find our tour group, but we need to get accepted in with our passport or COVID or something. I don't know. So we had to uh, get into a random line Find where we needed to go. Uh, I had to give them my passport and fill out something. And I luckily had my passport photo because I didn't bring my passport. Because, like, why would I for this? Uh, Anything else we had done at this point did not need my passport. And unfortunately, we took forever. They took forever waiting in line and barely spoke English. And I had to be by myself because it's two separate people, two separate checkouts or whatever. And the tour guide and the tour group had. Left and we had to just figure out what the hell we were gonna do at the Alhambra on our own. But it ended up fine because we were ahead of the tour group, and I don't really need to know everything about the Alhambra, right? Like it's just a place. I mean, we can read stuff or we can look at it ourselves and a self-guided tour, and it ended up just fine. It was beautiful there. There was gardens. We got to overlook the city many many times. It was beautiful. It reminded me a lot of Royal Alcazar, but like on a totally different level because it was high up basically on a mountain. it was a fortress it, and they had adorable like um, local cats and that was like our favorite part. So luckily for us it worked out that we didn't end up needing a tour because we were able to leave way before the tour was even done because those take forever. Also they had like the coolest bathrooms there. Basically it was just like a regular bathroom but then they had like these little like balconies in the bathroom, like at, like out by the sinks area. Gorgeous views. I mean, I'm like, is like I'm in Tuscany or something. Never been to Tuscany, but that's what I envision on this beautiful balcony after I'm going to take a pee. So that's what I remember from the Alhambra. And on the way down, we went down a different way. And so we went down a different way and we actually found out it was so much easier if you just went through the town instead of going this other touristy way. We would have very much made it to the Alhambra much easier lesson learned who knew and then we eventually came out to kind of in the area where we started in Granada when we first started our journey uh, back in like the city square lots of little small shops we got like some touristy things there we thought we would go to a flamenco show but we were just too exhausted we signed up for it we paid for it and then we just didn't end up going because we were just so exhausted we couldn't I couldn't trek back up the mountain and then trek back down and then trek back up again in the middle of the night I was excited for that so technically the entire trip to Spain we did not go to a flamenco show. We attempted a couple times. I saw one in the streets enough. I thought that was enough of taste. I like, when we first got to Granada, there was some street performers doing flamenco. That's enough for me. I don't need to see a whole show. So we did waste a little bit of money there. So yeah, I don't know. It, it probably was cool and all, but I just, it wasn't worth my exhaustion to try to figure that out. Um, And then I think we left Granada. I don't think that we ended up staying doing much more after that. And then we arrived back in Sevilla and that's where part one has all the stuff about Sevilla and all that fun stuff. It was great. Again, Semana Santa was over by then so we just had a regular trip. Uh, Our Airbnb was a little strange but it was really cool because it had like a courtyard once you get like in the gates and to all the apartments. That was cool, very old Spanish style like courtyard. Uh, That was unique. I thought that was a cool take on our adventure. We here we are at the final leg of our Spain trip. In order to get back to the United States at the time, we had to be tested negative for COVID. Did not matter if you were, you know, vaccinated, you had to be negative. And honestly, at that point, I had never even tested for COVID at that point. We were at the time me and Stephen worked from home. We barely went out and we never had ever any semblance of COVID, ever. Never had it, or we were at- asymptomatic, I'm not really sure, but this was a new experience for us, so we had to book an appointment at a random doctor's place in Sevilla and get tested for COVID, and that was so interesting, going to, like, a Spanish, like, clinic, and that was, <laughs> it was funny, and I had to get swabbed, and we both tested negative and we were excited because, you know, we get to go home. And at first we couldn't find where the hell this place was. We also, like, had an excursion of trying to find a place to print something. We didn't even need it. There's was just a whole debacle. We were just lots of, like, confusion. We're at that point where we're like, we're exhausted. We want to go home. Here's the last part of the trip. It's the most confusing part because it's not normal. But we were finally able to get our ducks in a row. And we were, we, the next day we had our, uh, Plane, uh, we had to get to the airport like really early, six in the morning. We gotten a a taxi or whatever scheduled to the airport, which is also interesting to see Sevilla at you know six, five, or six in the morning when literally nobody's out. Very interesting. We get to the airport, it's a disaster, lots of long lines. We finally get to um our plane unfortunately when we get to madrid to then get to chicago from sevilla we were at sevilla we went to madrid and now we're going back to chicago our plane was delayed and nobody could get off the plane and almost if not every single person getting off that plane had to go to another layover and I had gotten like an argument with a French woman because she kept trying to like pass everybody every all the flight attendants were like please sit down you know when you get up off when you're like when the plane is over everyone like stands up right it's just like a bus or a train sometimes you know you want to be the first people off right and this is like why I don't have a lot of carry-on because I'm always afraid I'm going to be taking forever, like getting my stuff from my overhead compartment. And this woman just really was like, I'm going to miss my plane. You already missed yours, but I'm not. It's like, but your plane departure was like before ours. So just, it was so frustrating. And it was like, blue, I don't know. I just, <laughs> just, I just remember being so stubborn and just so exhausted and sweaty and tired. And I just, it was like, bitch, we're all the same here. We're all not getting off. You are no special, more special than I am. I'm sorry, but like, no, we're not allowed to move. And I was just like, I got really, I was really bitchy at that point. I mean, n- now would I do the same thing? Yeah, girl, girl, you are no better than me. I just, but we finally got off the plane and we found out we did miss our connecting flight. And that's where the disaster of this trip continued. We had to stay in Madrid for an entire night in order to find another flight back home to chicago we actually had to stay at the iberia um we had to stand at the iberia like help desk for hours trying to get new uh flight back to chicago from madrid and we had met this couple who was like a little bit older than us they were also in sevilla and they lived in like new jersey or new york or something they also missed their flight but they were actually able to get their flight the same day unlike us unlucky souls had to wait the next day and we were just like "Uh, well it happens it happens but unfortunately we had like no clothes i mean we were we just had our you know simple stuff i know now if i ever do this again i'm bringing underwear and clothes an extra set of clothes in my backpack, but also we had to like, we kept getting lost in the airport, and we had to get our like, our passport stamped like three other times, because if you go one way in the airport, you can't go backwards, it's, Madrid airport is a mess, it's a disaster, and like, nowhere had clothes, and we had to like, re-enter back into Spain, confusing The people at the airport having to go through security again, and unfortunately, because we had to stay in Madrid, that means we had to be tested again. So before we could leave the airport, we had to get tested again. One last-minute appointment, which cost more money, and we had to go get tested at the airport clinic. Both negative again, luckily, but that was in its own journey of just trying to find where that is, trying to find out how to. you know, get booked everything. The air uh, the airline, because this was of course their problem or their issue of us having to stay and miss our flight, they paid for us or they gave us a voucher for a hotel for a free night and all their like food at the hotel, which was nice. So we had to wait oh, quite a bit to finally get the shuttle to this airport and it was not glamorous whatsoever. It was a plain ass hotel. This is like the place that like anybody who missed their connecting flight, they just gave to this hotel because it was nothing to write home about. There was no views of beautiful Madrid. It was very much like old European. It was, it was just very much just like a chain hotel, but like a two-star chain or something. I don't know. It wasn't horrible. Like the food was good. It was like buffet. So that was interesting, but it was just like, it's not a resort, you know, there's nothing glamorous about this. It's just, we are sleeping to survive, to get home the next day. And like I said, we had no clothes we had to wear the same clothes I had to use like my old my grandma's like old underwear washing method if I'm being TMI like it was that drastic and we were just like surviving and luckily I had my phone charger with me and we had to like in in Europe there's a lot of um, like twin beds that you can push into like a double or a full bed so Steve and I like slept in like twin beds separately and it was just like the room was like not glamorous at all <laughs> it was just so plain and I was just so depressed I was like I just want to go home and I want clean clothes and I'm trying to just like clean my clothes it was just a disaster we couldn't find anywhere with clothes like at the Madrid airport or anything and I didn't want to go out and adventure because I was just so I was just sad because I just wanted to go home and at the time we only had one cat and we had to like figure out how to get her to stay at the place one more day and also like a couple weeks before we had a problem with our flight in new york where we had to drive 14 hours to 17 hours back from new jersey back to wisconsin so we were just already burned at that point like this whole like traveling at this time was just such a bad idea i know now it's probably a lot better because COVID is, you know, no longer a huge risk all over the world, but like, it's just thinking about that was just so exhausting. But the next day, we did get back to the airport just fine, and we made our flight back to Chicago. And on the way there, back to Chicago, we actually had to fill out a form. I did not know this, so this is a good uh, traveling tip for those who are traveling to and from Spain. So when you come back, America requires you to fill out a customs form. I don't know if this is the same with other countries, but this is how it was with Spain. We had to fill out a customs form just saying if we had any certain things that were coming back to the United States that of course probably could be illegal or like they're unsure if you could bring back. Unfortunately, we didn't do any of that. We just had to literally souvenirs like trinkets and t-shirts so we were good there but just so you know that's what happens when you get back to america and if you've ever been to chicago and you are going to a foreign country and coming back you are at the gate 5 section of the airport like 5 is what it's called so you are literally the furthest away in the airport and my god the journey from the plane to customs is the longest fucking journey of my life oh my, I was exhausted. I was sweaty, like I said. I'm happy to be back, you know, somewhat close to home, and we still had, like, a two to three hour bus ride home. <laughs> I was just so over it. Uh, we finally got to the custom desk. So the guy was really nice. We passed with flying colors, showed our COVID test, all that jazz, but <sighs> I was just so torn down, and we finally got to our our luggage, we that all arrived safely back with on the carousel, and we then had to find the coach bus back to the like bus depot back to Wisconsin. And we took forever to find that and the bus was delayed. It took forever. We met some nice people, but I was tired. I just was like so over it. And we finally got back and we finally got home. And then we got our cat. <laughs> and that was my journey to Spain. Exhausting, but in the end, I don't regret going whatsoever, especially during pandemic times. Especially since I was fully vaccinated and I tested negative and we were still able to have a good time Even though there was all these weird ass ups and downs and crazy amounts of walking I've never done much more walking in my entire existence ever. It was a wonderful trip I would definitely go to Spain again if I ever get the chance I would like to try some other cities as well But Sevilla is such a great place for tourists. It's such a comforting place and I I loved every minute of it So I hope you enjoyed my insane story of Spain next week week will be non-Spain related and we'll go back to just typical bucket list items that you can do locally in your area near you but I am excited but also nervous because we are going to Canada this year for our anniversary trip so another country I know it probably won't be as hectic because we don't really have to wear masks anymore and do the COVID tests and stuff like that but I am a little afraid that something is going to be cursed like it has been the last two times I've been on a plane so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes but I hope you enjoyed listening let me know if you've ever been to Spain, and if you have, have you been to Sevilla or Granada? And what were your takes on it? Was it just as insane as mine? I definitely recommend paragliding, but maybe do it a little more safer way than I have. I feel like that was one thing I probably would have considered a little bit longer, because that's not typically a thing that I would do. Like, I'm very much a planner, and I'm also a pretty cautious person sometimes, but apparently I was just feeling it that day. I was saying YOLO, and I wanted to do it, because I knew Steven wanted to do it, and I'd never done it, and it was cool, so... Recapping for this trip for bucket list items also before I let you go was visiting another country, visiting Spain, visiting during Semana Santa, seeing Las setas, traveling to Granada, paragliding in a foreign country on the Sierra Nevada, uh, visiting a unique hotel aka a cave in Airbnb and probably so much more like trying this delicious paella in Sevilla and gelato and all these other things that are so uh, known to Spain like croquetas which is like a Potato-y thing. It's almost like, it's not an egg roll, but it's like a little fried appetizer. Very delicious. So all those things. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of them now and I will forever be. So maybe someday I'll go back to Spain and you should go as well if you can. So thank you for listening. I will see you all next week and Stay safe out there. Also, let me know what topics that you would like to see on this podcast. And yes, there will be guests soon, okay? We're working on it back here at Bucketless Bitch. So thank you for listening. Everyone has a story to tell. What will be yours? The Bucketless Bitch is hosted by Sam Martalewski. Please follow me on my Instagram at the Bucket List Bitch Pod and follow my website, thebucketlistbitch.com. Please rate me five stars on Spotify and Apple if you are enjoying this podcast, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening.